Welcome to Electronically Yours with Martin Ware. Hi, it's Martin here, Electronically Yours. I just had a lovely conversation on this beautiful sunny spring day, Good Friday actually, uh, with my old friend Peter Coyle uh, from the Lotus Eaters originally and uh, more recently of Fractal. He's also performed with me on various BEF shows and we've recorded some stuff together in my studio. We're just kindred spirits, really. Uh, 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 we get on very well. Very nice guy. I really like him. And you're going to enjoy this talk because we touch on a lot of different topics. Um, it's, it's quite entertaining. Um, first picture of you is one of the classic 80s summer songs um, and was very, very popular. He's been, he's had his ups and downs over the years, and um, but he's still being creative. We worked together on a, a, a project that I did for the Picasso Portraits exhibition at the National Portrait Gallery, and that was really good. Um, and hopefully get to see him later this year. So here he is, my good mate, Peter Coyle. Growing up in Liverpool, tell us all about it then. Uh, Whereabouts in Liverpool? From Walton, just basically Everton's foot, Everton's footy ground. Right. And uh, just two minutes from Liverpool's ground as well. I, I mean, it was mega, to be honest, to, to come from Liverpool was mega because you were surrounded by really talented people who managed to get by on nothing and work the socks off yeah. to, to, cut, to cut it with others. So it, it, you couldn't have, uh, couldn't have asked for a better ground and on planet Earth, really. It was tough. It wasn't easy. It was tough as... F- yeah, it was oh, you tough. Can swear, you, you can definitely swear on this podcast, by the way. All right. Encouraged and uh, I just felt a bit guilty because it was Good Friday because I'm a Catholic boy as well. <laughs> I'm, well I was a Catholic boy, you know. But uh, oh, just as they're nailing him up, you're worried about swearing, honestly. <laughs> I think there are much worse things in the world. Shipping, shipping human beings to Rwanda, for instance. And no, in, no. Christ, no. what the hell is that? Not even Trump went that far, did he? That's well, yeah. anyway. Um, one one of the great things, one of the great, sorry to interrupt, Mark, but one of the great things about being a musician is when the world goes tits up, or scoot, sorry, but when it does go, when the world's so completely fucked up as it is now, at least we have our refuge of going to the music space because if we didn't have that, well, I, I, I dread to think. Uh, I, I agree completely. I mean, it's been a very tough time for a lot of people that I know. I mean, yeah. um, unfortunately, I lost my brother to COVID um, and I couldn't oh, even, during that period, this was about over a year ago now, but um, during oh. that period, I couldn't even go and see him in the hospital, you know? So I never got to say goodbye or anything. And even his his funeral was like, you could only have 10 people there or whatever it was. And oh. then you couldn't have a wake or anything. And I just feel really bad about that. Um, and well, uh, we, we got these assholes in power, you know. Oh, it's shocking. It's shocking. But, 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 I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just really, um, but fortunately as well, one of the great things is when you're a music 
music head, you you don't see things in black and white. You don't see the world the way in in a kind of like a linear linear way. And yeah. so hopefully, hopefully, you know, you, you're able, you know, you're able to sort of um, still connect with with your brother, but in a, in a in a deep deep beautiful way that's outside of all the bullshit. Yeah. This is a cheerful one, isn't it, for Good Friday? Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's my fault. Let's start with the heavy stuff. Um, (laughs) Good Lord, death. We've had death, depression. (laughs) So far, we're only five minutes in. Um, (laughs) Well, it's good. (laughs) It is, it is. I have to say, um, you know, I've worked with Peter and we met and we've worked together and... uh, both in the studio and with the BEF live shows, and he's one of the nicest people you could imagine. Oh, um, and uh, I, I get on... I, I'm proud to include you in my list of friends from Liverpool, actually, because I've always oh. worked uh, uh, creatively with a lot of people from Liverpool and got loads of friends. I've probably got as many friends in Liverpool as I have in Sheffield, to be honest, in the music <laughs> That's No, nice. seriously. That's and... Nice. Um, and so it means a lot to me. I mean, I interviewed Pete Wiley's, you know, and he's a friend of yours. Yeah. He's a fucking nutcase, that kid. No, he's great. So, so fucking clever. He's hilarious. He's he's so fucking clever. It's it's just it's great. It's it's kind of like it's like when when whenever we meet up, it's like it's like fucking ADHD anonymous anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. It's just brilliant because we just both get it. We just both get yeah. it, you know. And um, being on tour, yeah. you know, he supported. He supported us on tour. Yeah, and, um, uh, 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 it was just an amazing joy having him around and his energy. You know, because you know, I love. I, I love. It's a bit like if you liken it to a football team, you, you need one of those Gaza types. In your, in your totally. life, you know. Totally. I mean, if 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 I was if if I love that, I've forgotten the name, but that beautiful woman who wrote the royal family. If I was there and she was still around, and you know, I'm sending you, I'm sending you my love. Um, but if I was her, I would put Pete Wiley in the new version of the royal family. He would smash it. He would it actually. Would, it would be mega. Yeah. Or could even get him on Gogglebox, I suppose, at a poor second. Well, yeah, that'll do. I mean, Gogglebox is such a clever idea. We're watching really people is. watching people watch shit telly. I mean very clever idea. Making ordinary people into stars. Yeah, it's interesting. So did you have any musical training growing up in Liverpool? No. None, none whatsoever. I used to j- basically jam along to Pink Floyd or or right. Alice Cooper or Sparks, you know, playing the the you know the uh, the sideboard or the tennis racket. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, no, or the cricket bat. But no, uh, you know, uh, no. And the first time I ever sung was was uh, with a lampshade over me head because it was that shy, you know. And um, um, so you know, it's. Oh. You know, it's a good look. Uh, good look for you. Well, it, it helped me a great deal. <laughs> it's quite interesting, actually, because the song was called one of the first songs I ever did was called "Lamb of God," which is quite funny. That would saying on Good Friday, but it was a, uh, um, but yeah, it, it it was a good look because it hid me. 
it's like you know th th those um animals who, who, who've got no um what's the word or babies who've got no um when they look in the mirror they think it's another baby all oh, right yeah yeah um theory of mind so basically as far as i was concerned underneath the lampshade I, I was hidden i was not visible so i could be who i wanted to be and so is your musical career like a bit of a lampshade i mean are you very shy in your personal life oh yeah um, i should never should never have got involved in music <laughs> I, <laughs> I, if, if i had to be you know if 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 everything would have been like nice and rosy and, and calm and normal, I would have been probably a, a half decent teacher or doctor. But so, for example, whenever I went to my first gig, my first set of gigs, I couldn't eat for three days beforehand. Wow. Because I'd be just doing a Barry Gibbs, you know, like sort of vomiting. Really? You know, for, day, for days beforehand. I couldn't eat a thing. I, I was, you know, it was... It was hell, but having said that, once I was on there, it was transformative for me because it meant all the pain, all the carnage of, of human existence just went away in this escape bubble. Perfect. Was, was there anything uh, in your, you know, growing up or your social interactions that led you down? I've read a bit about your early performances being like a wailing banshee or something and uh, and full of anger and, and, and stuff. What caused that, do you think? What caused it? Yeah, well, I mean, why did you, why did you feel a degree, did you feel a degree of anger or was it just uh, oh, uh, the oh way no. that you performed? Oh, no, it was visceral. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I suppose I, I, should, I should be honest. Mark, Mark, I'm lucky to be alive, Martin. Basically, I came into this world thinking, shit, I got off at the wrong bus stop. And 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 so to um um it's been a very painful, difficult journey, but I've been very, very lucky. I've been looked after. And so I've I've had very, very dark lows very very dark lows you know adolescent i was very lucky to get through adolescent very lucky because there was a lot of um and so yeah the anger was visceral but it was more about even as a kid at the age of five i was just obsessed with like is there a god so i was already i was already weird from day one, it was just, it was going to be a rough ride, but I've been really looked after. You know, our music, if without music, I wouldn't be here today. That's really... But was it something, anything, I'm just fascinated with this because I've known quite a lot of people who went to Catholic educational establishments yeah. and... and uh, <laughs> And it's fucked up, you know, to put it bluntly, uh, in some ways. And I'm just wondering if it had anything to do with that. <laughs> it's brilliant. It, this is like a Roman Polanski sketch, this. Uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Without going into detail, but All right, fuck okay. yeah. All Having right. said that, though, having said that, though, it, it, I, I, it has to be said... Um, <laughs> Let's 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 follow that Polanski uh, yeah. thread. I remember um, 
I wanted to be a priest, right? I went to hang out with um, dinghies when I was eighteen. Uh, uh, brothers, um, forget what flavour. Anyway, in London, and um, and I asked all, you know, I I said basically I want to do it, but what you do about sex? So I'd be, I'd ask, I asked about six of them separately. What you do about sex? Because that's the only issue I've got. You know, like I, I'm into it. I, you know, I, I like, uh, I like it all. But like the sex thing does me in. So there's no, you know, I need, I need to know what your cheat sheet is for me to get on board. And not one of them gave me a straight answer. Not one of them. And and so I I sacked it. But but sorry, I've, I've digressed. But basically, I remember having a kind of like uh, thinking about. Jesus and about sort of the religious sort of path, uh, walking through, <laughs> walking through West Derby, and I got beat up because I was so lost in my head. The gang of lads jumped me and kicked the shit out of me, but you know, uh, I was fine. But it's just like it quite funny though. That quite funny. Quite oh, funny, I have to say. It's not high up there on my kind of comedy moments. You getting beat <laughs> well, no, up to death, but um. Uh, there's something about that Catholic thing is, uh, funnily enough, I, I interviewed Steve Coogan, who is also oh, yeah. comes from a Catholic family and also is interested in the priesthood. And, yeah. um, yeah, he had certain things to say, which were... Well, he's a genius because, because he understands the feminine side of himself. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I am 100% convinced that's because a large part, I mean, he'll probably tell me to fuck off, but a large part of that is because of his Catholic upbringing. Because when you're Catholic, you see the invisible. It sounds fucking weird. So it's tough. It, 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 it gives you the, there's some really great things about being Catholic. There's some real deep shit, but there's some great stuff as well. Because you, you get a sense of the invisible and you get a sense of the mystery and you get a sense of like, hold on, there are other forces at work. Nothing is ever, ever solid. There's nothing, nothing's ever solid. It's a pure fucking David Byrne tune all day long. I can see you as a priest, actually. <laughs> I'd be enough. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Do you know, do you, I don't know, you, you will know about this because uh, I'm... Jumping about the timeline, but the there was a cult in Sheffield. Do you know about this? Based no. around the in the nineties, based around the 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 uh, there was a scene. I think it was in the same club as as um, Gatecrasher was in uh, the physical space, and it was like it was based on trance. Oh. And, yeah, yeah. So it was like a, a proper cult, though. And they wore the robes and everything, and they did all the shit. And I've never really looked into it properly. So if anybody's listening and they want to tell me more about it, uh, I'd like to find out about it. But I just thought, because you were heavily involved in the dance scene. Well, you yeah. discovered dance. It kind of rescued you to a certain extent, didn't it? And you Definitely, thought, well, I, tell us about your, yeah. your, your, uh, your journey at that point, and then we'll go back to the 80s thing. Well, like I remix telephone people like that, you know right. what I mean? Because I was coming to Sheffield to do gigs, to, to, to um, well, to do gigs, but also to the clubs, yes. 
you know, and uh, and having a ball, to be honest. Because for me, dance music was like, so in the 80s in Liverpool, just carnage and poverty as usual. Yeah. Just having said that, it was happy days for me. I was on Thatcher's 40 quid a week with yeah. the um, Enterprise Allowance. So I was like... <laughs> You know, who needs a BAFTA when you've got an enterprise <laughs> allowance? Um, but but anyway, so it was utter carnage. Ship you off to fucking Rwanda if you, if you say that. Well, to, to, I think they'll probably get me there. <laughs> oh, it's horrible, in it. Anyway, anyway, sorry, carry on. Sorry, yeah, uh, and 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 so I and you know I just done an album called Slap in the Face for Public Taste. And then eight orgasms got absolutely nowhere. So I just, um, um, I mean, they were difficult albums, fair dues. And so I... Can I give so it I, a full title? It was uh, Eight Orgasms with Shirley MacLaine. Was it? I'd sacrifice eight, eight orgasms. Yeah, go on. You, you I'd say sacrifice it. eight orgasms with Shirley MacLaine just to be there. Oh. It's, it is one of the great titles, I have to say. Oh, bless you, bless you. I don't know what it sounds like. I've never heard it, but I'm sure <laughs> if, 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 if it was popularity based on titles, it should win. <laughs> well, it's quite funny because, uh, uh, yeah, I've had musicians, quite successful musicians who, who, who listened to that album and said to me, are you insane? Because basically, <laughs> I, I made a slap in the face. I wanted to call that wank. But I wanted to have the Joshua tree, cross it out, use the cover of the Joshua tree, cross it out, and write wank and put my album inside. But, nice. But there were problems, problems with that. There were so, problems. <laughs> I can imagine there were, yeah. <laughs> you know, at one point, we wanted to call Luxury Gap uh, Elton John's greatest hits. <laughs> because we thought it might earn more money accidentally. <laughs> It's a good idea, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I don't want to give people who go on Spotify any idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this, this might be banned, actually, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're going well, I think so. Uh, no, they can't. You can say what you want on a, on a podcast. Yeah. It's yeah, great. Um, so, right, let's go back to the 80s then. And, uh, yeah. uh, and obviously... First picture of you. I was wandering around. Uh, it's a beautiful day today. It's like 22 degrees outside. The sun's out. Everybody's taking the top broad off. You know, they've finally, finally got down to jumpers. And uh, and this, I just thought, what a fantastic day to be alive. And, you know, every time I listen to that record, oh, I think the same thing. It's just like oh, a spring vibe, isn't it? Uh, yeah. It feels like optimism and joy and... You know, come on, it's not a coincidence it was a massive hit, is it? I mean, it no. was a beautiful thing. Well, it did. I, I, only, I only agreed to for it to be released so as it wouldn't because I wasn't ready. But to be honest, I'll never be fucking ready for success. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's so lovely to hear you say that, Martin, because for me, you know, like, um, you know, like, when I come home from school playing Bean Boiled and <laughs> it just... It cured me. It healed me. <laughs> you know, like it. Be bold and narcotic. I love it. Well, yeah, it was just, but it was just, but it was really, you know, inspiring, and it changed my world 
for the best and that's what that's what's great about me you know like with in the dance days you were lads going up to the dj or girls going to the gc i found this record will you play so they were inspired and for me for us that's what you know, I know there's a business and there's a planet Earth. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. for us, it's about being inspired and and like living in that moment. We've been so lucky to oh have my that God. I mean, that particular period of time in the you know the end of the seventies to the to mid eighties, there will never be another period like that ever. No, no. it was a no. certain set of circumstances post yeah. post punk where uh, record labels were signing up things. Yeah. I mean, let's just go back to the first picture of you, because when I heard that song on top of the pops, now I'm going, this is like some classic kind of West Coast vibe, you know, in America. <laughs> it sounds like the birds or something. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just love that shit. I, yeah. I, I still love it. Yeah. And was that, what was going through your mind when you were writing that? Are you talking about the well? I mean, I mean, musically, vibe-wise. Well, basically, well, in in terms of the lyrics, I wanted to do a Leonard Cohen vibe, Susan Titchett down. I wanted that romance, that absolute fucking drenched in beauty vibe. Yes. And and so when uh, so when with the Port Studio, when when I heard the backing track, the the music that Jed and, and Jerry gave me. Um, you know, I just, I, I just, I just flew basically, and because, 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 and I, people would say to me when, when, when I'd go down to record companies, oh, you sound like Stephen uh, from Crosby Still, uh, uh, Stephen Nash. Stephen Stills, yeah. Steve, yeah, you sound like Stephen Stills, and I'm like, oh, I hadn't, I hadn't even heard of him, and then you know they were always they were saying Buffalo Springfield, you sound like yes. Buffalo. Yeah. That was uh, how old are you? Uh, 60. 60, right. I'm, it doesn't sound like much difference, but I'm 65, 66 next month. Hey, yeah. I get my pension next month. Fantastic. Yeah, happy days. Well, it's all my fucking life. They can't take it off me. They will Mate. do soon, but anyway. But um, <laughs> it's fantastic. 200 quid yeah, a week. Happy, happy days. off to you. <laughs> I made it. I made it. I can't believe yeah, it. Um, anyway, but I'm, what I'm saying is that the, the difference between them, the six year difference is quite a lot for that period yeah. of musical yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, because my references uh, that were my kind of core inspiration were from the kind of early to mid 70s, I suppose. Yeah. So I loved all that psychedelic soul stuff, but I also loved Neil Young. Yeah. And a lot of that West Coast kind of mystery stuff, you yeah. know. Uh, there was actually a compilation album called Bumpers, I think it was called. And it had loads of those, uh, like, blue cheer and just, like, all these weird bands that only had, like, one half hit, you know. <laughs> and and, and they, had, they all had this kind of dreamy kind of stoned vibe and i loved yeah, it yeah and uh, anyway but i um so when you when you wrote that song or when it was a massive hit was it a hit in lots of different countries yeah it wasn't a hit in australia though unfortunately it was just, well it wasn't sydney but not in the 
surrounding yeah. areas. But a lot of like Italy, France, you know, and 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 also we had a number one with it, it, it hurts as well. It hurts, but it, it hurts wasn't a at um a hit in, in the UK. Right. You know, it just did, it, was just did it get released in America, no? No, because I wasn't ready for America. The low season didn't sign to America. Right. We just because right. I, I I was a well as as you know, Martin, I was a weird fuck. And so I said I want to sign a record deal, but I don't want anything to do with America because it's I'm not, you know, that's I mean, I'm in for the long haul right. and I don't, I, I'm, that's another, that's another <laughs> fucking level. I wish you could see the video of this. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Your expression is like disdain to the max, yeah. you know, but uh, it's funny because I think that record would have done well in America had it been promoted properly. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, again, no, it's just, I, I was, how can I put it? I, I was so far out there, that was the acceptable face of me. I see. And so I couldn't, you know, like, I, there's no way I, I still would, you know, like the idea, I, you know, I, I've i seen lots of people who've done tours of like three-year tours oh, of America. Oh. It would have killed you. Oh, yeah. It would have killed me. You know, yeah. we had the opportunity at the start of Pen 17 uh, to, to to tour America, and we were offered a million dollars to do. I think it was ten dates in California. Wow! By Coors Beer, and we turned it down because we said, "Look, uh, we were having a ball in, in in with our private lives in in London. Yeah. Our friends, you know, we were making good stuff in the studio. We were doing TV shows and videos that could service every country on on the on the planet." Um, I saw what happened to good friends like, uh, you know, Simple Minds. Uh, I mean, there's lots of them, you know, who turned from being kind of, if you like, pure creative souls into like a, a, a big cog in a giant machine that, that is just there to do the two-year uh, creation promo cycle. And I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I didn't want to spend my life on the road. I just didn't want totally. to. Totally. I'd have been good by the by yeah. the late ages, definitely. Yeah. No, thank thank God you didn't. No, you're right because you've got it. I like to think of us as being resilient people, mm. but there's only so much. And if you if you go into the belly of the beast, yes. I mean, you look at that poor uh, the drummer of Foo Fighters. You know, oh. I mean, he probably. He, he's probably been, uh, he's probably a sensitive soul who, who had to do that just to survive the pressures. And there are plenty of corrupt doctors in America who would, feed, who would yeah. get you anything you wanted. Yeah. Um, well, not just America, I mean, everywhere. Um, and that's how you end up in those kind of situations. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's quite, you know, people want, right, the general public want, um, to live their lives vicariously through yeah. the perceived edgy lifestyles of the people that they adore. And they love the music, but they also love this kind of, oh, they're but for the grace of God, I could be a rock star or whatever. Yeah. And these these people are held up as 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 uh, as kind of avatars for their for their loss of freedom. Yeah. But the, the the price that a lot of those people pay is high. 
I think. Totally. With their lives? With their lives? With their lives. Yeah. And, and everybody goes, oh, fucking rock stars, they chose it. Well, after a while, it'd be, you become so engrossed in the whole thing, I'm pretty sure. I've seen it happen to people anyway. Well, and, and, and also the things as well is because, again, you're not really allowed to be sensitive. But, like, for example, I don't need to take acid. Every day I'm on acid. Because <laughs> when, I, when I went to L.A., when I went to Hollywood, and, like, I'm surrounded by all these... Um, Whoa, it, it, these like nails, like and and bejazzles, and I'm just like, <laughs> for fuck's sake, it's just it's just like, get me out of here. I've got to go and watch a Peter Sellers film, yeah, yeah. And yeah, some... yeah. I didn't like LA at all, at oh. all. No, 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 oh, okay. Just... Anyway, let's move on to something more cheerful. I'm just looking through your list of influences from your uh website actually i was just reading a long article which you wrote in one long paragraph which was quite hard to read i have to say <laughs> may i recommend that you break it up a bit <laughs> um uh, um peter gabriel right peter gabriel wow should i tell you who i interviewed yesterday um peter gabriel's keyboard player larry fast oh, oh my god and he was responsible for loads of stuff and toured toured them for a decade, but also he, he was he, he did all keyboard parts on on Peter Gabriel three, you know, <clears throat> no self control and games without frontiers and I'm going my God you're you know yeah I, total respect you know but, and he's got a separate career doing his own stuff with this band called Synergy which is his band but you know it's a rare thing that people can apply it there skill to other people's ideas yeah. and do it and maintain an artistic integrity. I've got yeah. maximum respect for that stuff. Anyway, I thought I'd mention it because he's a large part of what made the Peter Gabriel sound at that point. Totally, totally. Yeah. So tell me uh, how you feel about Peter Gabriel. Um, I'll sound like a twat, but I don't care. In 1980... Probably no 1979. He played in um, in the Liverpool Empire with Robert. With Robert on 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 the side, uh, hiding. Bless him behind a curtain. Oh, Robert who? Robert Fripp. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. He's such a and, sweet guy, isn't he? Oh, he's he's gorgeous, an angel. But and um, but and I I so uh, Peter Gray <clears throat> was just about to start singing, and. Um, and I shouted out from the audience, I love you. <laughs> and, that, and that lovely man said, and I love you too. And <laughs> I can't tell you how much that meant to me. It just meant the fucking world because yeah. he, 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 he was, you know, I still, I, I'll still like, I'll hear Supper's Ready now and it'll still make me cry. Oh. You know, Lamb Lies Down, you know, brilliant. Back in New York City. Oh, just br brilliant. I listened to that again recently, and that it's just like it, people don't understand how futuristic that sounded at the time it came out. It was completely out there. Uh, now they look back and they go, it's just bloody prog rock. You know, it's not at all. I grew up with all those early uh, Genesis albums, I think they were genius. Even yeah. The very earliest ones, you know, Fox Trot, Trespass. Nursery Crime. Nursery Crime. Amazing. 
yeah. Selling England by the pound. Oh, oh my God. But you see, Peter, Peter Gabriel gave me a space to be emotional. Again, you can't talk about this because we're talking about prog. Peter Hamill in Still Peter Winter Hamill. War. I mean, yeah. that, that album is probably the, one of the most emotional um, uh, emotional tracks that's ever been fucking Which written. one's that? Which one? The, to the Lighthouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plague of Lighthouse Keepers, yeah. It's I amazing, mean, isn't it? And, and the... It, the BCS three stuff and and oh my god, but I, I tell you that there's um that one the killer lives inside me. Oh my god, he can write some beautiful melodies. Well, but also it's so. I mean, I, I can't right. The, that emotional intensity within the voice, as soon as you hear it, it I, Peter Gabriel's got it, Peter Hamill's got it, Bjork's got it. Yeah. As soon as you hear the voice, it just like the 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 there and like and like so. For example, when you hear Intruder, yeah, uh, oh, incredible. You just it just it's just so inspired. It basically it changes you forever because yeah. you 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 can't unlisten un to it, can you? Uh, any of those things? It's like listening to Hello for the first time or something like that. Yeah. You can't be un, uninspired. You, you, you're inspired and it changes the DNA of your very yeah, core. Yeah. I think Peter Hamill uh, is the most underrated uh, of all those artists from that period. I think he's... I mean, both myself and Phil Oakey both were incredible Van de Graaff Generator fans. We had everything, even bootlegs, everything. We used to go and see them. I just, the, 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 I mean, that, that song, uh, Still Life, did you know that? Oh my God, that's profound, isn't it? I remember in my, in my teenage mind going, yeah, I never really thought about immortality before. Yeah. And why it's good to be mortal and why, therefore, you should really appreciate being alive. I mean, that's a song that taught me that. Totally. Totally. That changed my life. One song. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it connects. He had a way, he has a way of emotionally connecting with you that so few people have ever, ever achieved. Absolutely. And it's like it, Scott Walker, isn't it? It's similar. Oh, I mean, yeah. the, again, what, a, what an album! Just, but that way of of basically admitting, basically admitting how how hurt they are, yes. and how close to the edge of not coming back, and yet they do it because you know the struggle. That like Scott Walker talks about is just immense, and for him to make those albums that he made at the end takes such guts. Yeah, people don't understand. Tilt is off the fucking scale. Yeah, yeah. go and listen to it definitely. And um, likewise, Black Star. You know, Bowie's Black Star. Um, oh. That was great. I can't listen to it though. Actually, it's too painful. It it but it's so beautiful. You you know when he writes in that video on Lazarus again, it just 
just because he's speaking to artists when he's doing that. Because when you and I are coming to that moment, that's exactly what we're going to be doing. We're going to be writing on our little notes on our desk in case we're around for another week to maybe do put another tune down before it's Ken's. Yeah. And I, that man has done such a service to, to musicians like right. all over. What a beautiful, beautiful, never met him, but what a man. Oh, he was a beautiful guy, there's no doubt. Um, so let's talk about um, you and Jem. What's what's the state of play? I've not. I feel awful, but I've not spoken to him for four years. Oh, sorry. I know that's awful, but. Well, what, what is there a reason for that, or is it just uh, well, in and out of phase? Uh, well, I basically, um, in fact, when I think when we did the BEF thing, it. Um, um, we did an interview and he, and he said to uh, to journalists in that summer, he said, uh, oh, we're going to, because we recorded an album in 2009 that we right. hadn't released. And this was about 2016 or whatever it was. Yeah. And, and and he said, uh, yeah, we're going to release that album. We're, there was also an acoustic album that we hadn't released. And we're going to do No Sense of Sin, basically as a little package. Because yeah. I was very keen that the album that we, the studio album that we'd recorded, was released so it was out there because I was proud of it. What's I'd, the point I'd in having things in the in the back in in a cupboard somewhere. But I'd I'd been in hospital twice during that album with double pneumonia. Oh shit! And, and and like I I was asking my maker, please, you know, if I've got to go, fine, but let me get that Lotus album finished. It's important to me. I want to get that album finished, and so it was important to me that it got out. It was not. I'm not interested about. Uh, I had to give it away free. I just yeah. wanted it out, yeah. and so Jim said it was the three. The three of them or four or five albums. I forget how many we'd done then. Uh, we're going to come out as a package, and then come the December, I got a phone call on a Saturday from some human being saying, um, "I'm from the record label, and I'm just. I just thought I'd let you know. No sense of sin is coming out." on Monday and I'm like sorry who are you and what <laughs> and 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 that was it that I, I, I that was it I can't I can't I don't give a flying fuck about most things but like I was quite happy to be to 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 be two old lads on stage playing music together, the music that we made, the blah, blah, blah. You know, I was quite happy to sort of be genuine and, and sort of real, but, on you know, on our terms, you know, um, doing it the, in the right way, in an artistic, aesthetic yeah. way, the way we always have. But... I'd already forgiven them twice, and I, I wasn't for in, in, in earlier days for th things. I, the, that, that Listen, was it. People fall in and out all the time in bands, in particular. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just listening to um, uh, Stephen Wilson. Um, I don't know if oh, you yeah. know. Yeah, love like, that album. I, it's that, that latest album is amazing, and yeah. he, he's just put out. Uh, uh, I'm bringing out my autobiography in the in the autumn. 
on the wow. same on the same publishers as he's on. And so I'm listening to the listening to it, and um, the opening chapters are all about how he's just played like uh, um, Robert Hall and sold it out two nights in a row with his band. Wow. And the same, but the but backstage they weren't talking to each other, wow. and it's like I'm going. That's not what music's about. No, I mean, praise to God, you know, if that's what I mean, it's the same. There's a new um, King Crimson documentary coming out, right? And cool. yeah, I've seen a trailer for it, and it's fucking amazing. Everybody's slagging everybody else off, and but it's the same thing. It's like a, a group has group dynamics. It's difficult when there's two people and you don't get on. I admit. But um, you know, you know, you don't know. You you guys have been have done so much stuff together, and clearly, you know, uh, the stuff that you've done has been excellent. And it's I just think it's sad if you don't if you're not getting on. You know, it'd be, life's too oh, short. I agree. I agree. It's 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 wasteful. It's foolish and stupid. But yeah. it's um, I mean, that's one of the things I liked about you and Glenn. I like about you and Glenn. You, you've got a lovely vibe together, you know. And yeah, I we like don't agree that. on everything, but I mean, we'd rather be together than apart. If you know what I mean, yeah, like no, married, you know. Yeah, you're a lovely team. You're a lovely, lovely team. Oh, you know, thank and, you. And, you know, and, and um, you know, uh, and yeah, it's 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 always something I like to. It was nice to see that because I, I agree with you. Life is short. Life Very is short. short. Much shorter than we realise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fractal, tell me about Fractal. Well, basically, I because I don't even know what I'm doing, I thought I'd better put a moniker, a name over it, Peter called oh. Fractal. So as I because so is it because I don't want to stay in one little space. I just I like Funkadelic, I like Parliament. I yeah. wanna just I wanna just lose it, you know, and 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 mess up. I like mistakes, I like yeah. it, you know. I want someone to say that's awful, you know, because <laughs> you know when people said to me about like, are you certifiably insane when they heard the uh, Ace Orgasms album? I thought, great, I'm on the right track, you know. I want to go for a drink with Mark Smith. I know he's yeah. dead, but you know, I, I, you know, I like, I like to sort of, I like to follow my own path. I think that's safe to say. That's uh, that's <laughs> that's not not a terrible way of analysing it. Um, let's just touch on politics. I mean, I think we come from the same place politically. Um, I refuse to be personally categorised as a lefty or a you know because I think that's a pejorative term. I think yeah. every other fuck is to the right of me, and I'm yeah. normal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I agree. I, it. You see, I'm compassionate and humanist, and if other people don't like that, then they have to. That when they're laying on their deathbed, they have to justify it to themselves. Well, yeah, because uh, uh, see, right, what we, yeah, you're a human being first. You're a he, human being who who uses political no, not uses who works with political political ideas to enhance kindness, enhance your way of seeing those that are invisible, those that are not seen, yes. and those that have no voice. That's right, that's right. You know, and that is basic humanism, but it's, it's just unfortunately we're in a... Um, people weaponise everything, you know, and it's just so 
it's just so ugly because it's all we need to be into we need to work together we need to be in, integrated and just find ways of the finding common ground finding places where we meet and we need to all these old ideas of left and right need to be sacked immediately yeah. they've yeah. gone they've yeah. gone and and we just now we just need to everyone just needs to stop lying and just talk just say the truth even if it's ugly even if the truth's ugly just say what you feel and say it and, 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 and but be respectful and try and make the world move forward because if we don't do that we're gonna really struggle i think so i think the problem we have is all derives from the thatcher period to be honest i think this is the final may not be final but this is the uh, the resonant outcome of 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 that that seismic shift in the in, in the Thatcher period, we are now generationally paying for that. Yeah. And uh, and um, you know, obviously Boris Johnson is a fucking insane clown, but yeah. uh, so are all the front bench. But uh, Pretty Patel is the really evil person, I think, in that lot. I mean, she's <laughs> profoundly evil. Um, and the rest of them are just like fucking, you know, well, market traders, aren't they? Well, well, not even that. If market traders would be more honest, because because at least they they know what they're doing. But the, in a way, though, in a way, I I could be a I probably am insane. For me, I think we're coming towards the end of a cycle, and I think. We need to just see where we're at and just think, you know what, we fucked up so much. Let's just start trying new stuff now because we can't fuck up anymore. So hopefully it will give it will give the brave innovators to, to, to the push to just say, right, okay. Because that's why I love Andy Warhol. He said, he, he came along, he said, fucking hell, the art, are, the art that's around at the minute is fucking terrible. I want to make it worse. <laughs> you know, and that's a brilliant attitude because I think we should be saying that. The politics at the moment now is fucking terrible. I want to make it worse. And let's, and I think that's the way forward because we need to just, sort of start again yeah start peacefully i think a good, a good way a good way to start again in this country i think would be to bring in proportional representation because that means that people will genuinely have a voice even if it kind of fragments the political spectrum it, 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 we can't go on with this ridiculous idea of having any government ruling only voted for by 30% of the people who voted. Totally. We can't be doing totally. it anymore. Totally. Yeah, or 30% of the population who can vote. So anyway, let's move off that. Because <laughs> I already get uh, kicking online for all this left wing stuff. <laughs> so my natural uh, bullshiness means I just double down on it all the time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, what else do I want to talk about? So... I love this quote from what what you said in the in the endless paragraph on your website. <laughs> he said, "I made some mega wrong uh, life choices." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> mega wrong. <laughs> Can you give me an example of a mega wrong life choice? 
fucking hell, there's just too many. I'm drowning in the fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but what I think it, what's important is it's important to, to actually admit these things. Yeah. Because when you're a musician, right, right. For example, right, the first mega wrong thing I did was move my studio into my bedroom. Fuck that. So fucked up, it's unreal. Because, mm. like, I'm a workaholic. So that's like, that's like, saying to an alcoholic, I'm going to live in the bar. <laughs> you know, it's just not going to end well. Fucking, I'm like, you know, you remember that uh, Tortured Artist, that, that brilliant program, Spaced, uh, and he beat yeah, the yeah, bottom. Yeah. That was fucking me. So, because <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, but it's important that musicians and artists, and we're all, a lot of us are all damaged. And it's important that we, admit that, uh, acknowledge it, and actually use that as the platform to sort of, A, get healed, because that's yeah. one of the reasons yeah. why we're in the music space, but also to help others who, who haven't got that space to deal with it or to talk about it. it it's, it's all subliminal. And so when they, like, I, 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 when I was doing the dance clubs, right, yeah. I was at a, I was I was backstage. I was fucked. We just we were doing our G love. I was absolutely burnt out, wrecked as usual. And some lads start to start talking to some lads, and you know he's a nice lad. And he just said to me, "Yeah, I'm out tonight because I'm just so upset because me me wife committed suicide yesterday." And mm. I'm like, "What?" You know, and. It, it, I, it just touched me like how it's just when you're at the rock face of these things and people are struggling so, so yeah, much. Yeah, and yeah. like now the mental health is going through the roof with oh, people. Absolutely. And no one's talking about it. No, you know, and we've got to just all say it's all okay. We're all struggling. It, it's good yeah. that it's good that we, you know, we acknowledge it and then we start talking about it. We're all one or two steps away from being homeless. Right, absolutely. You remember last year when uh, we did the, we were doing the first kind of Let's Rocks or whatever it was, Rewind, I can't remember what it was. And we, uh, there was one particular gig, I can't remember which one it was, where we'd not seen each other, me and you, but also loads of other people, you know, for two years, essentially. And Everybody had got this look on the face like they'd just been to Vietnam. Yeah. You know, it's like everybody's smiling, but yeah. you could see the, the look of yeah. desperation and fear yeah. in their eyes. Yeah. And then you made an effort to go, go out front and say hello to because yeah. there there's always people hanging around the side in there and, and, and the, uh, you know, it's the same sort of people. It's not necessarily the same people, yeah. but and just to say hello to a few people. Yeah. And everybody in the audience was so grateful yeah. just to be amongst people, but to also yeah. be hearing music again. And so, you know, we always have that huddle before we go on stage. And uh, we did it with BF, we also do it with M17 every time. And I give a little speech and it's like, I said, look, <clears throat> For this particular gig, I said, look, people are, every single person in that audience has had an immensely, a, a profoundly disturbing experience for the last two years. Most of them will be a, in a state of distress and mental illness. Yeah. 
They may not be for this moment in time yeah. when they're here, yeah. but when they go back home, they're still going to deal yeah. with it and their family and their friends and, yeah. you know, people have died. And if they don't, they, everybody knows somebody who got really ill with it anyway. Yeah. And I'm saying, look, for the first time ever since we started performing in the mid-80s, I said, it's not about us like a football team going onto the pitch going, right, we're going to make it a really good gig yeah. this time. We're going to really say, genuinely, for the first time, I said, we are going to do it for them. Aww. You know, this is for all those, and, and think of them as individuals in the, in the audience. And, you know, this is literally going outside ourselves for the first exactly. time. It's and it took, it, when it took us 25 years to figure that out. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. It's important. Because it's it's beautiful because you're the, you you're you're at their service. I yes. love that. Yes, you're at their service. I love that. And they warrant to be. They, they warrant it. I, I for me, I, I yeah. I think it's beautiful. I love it. I love it because it's it's respecting people and it's and it's lifting them up to 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 where where they belong really yeah it's beautiful because when you know like i mean you are brilliant live and, oh, when, and you when, when, you know when when you know when those tunes it we just all saw it everything just fucking soars you know it just it just it just raises everyone's spirit and brings us all together yeah. it's a beautiful beautiful and it's so fucking good and it it's it, it you don't forget it because i'm like i'm old and I'm, I'm supposed to you know i should be like uh not feeling these things but i'm outside watching you and i'm in it i'm on it <laughs> and i'm loving it it's and i love that because it's like i'm 18 again and i'm just it's it's just you know it, it's there it's it's inspiring and it it's the food without that I know, I know. I feel the same way about about your stuff, and also like um, all together now with the farm. You know, when we performed that, we were lucky enough to do it with Peter yeah. Hooten with the beer thing as well. And that's like looking at the audience just mesmerised. Yeah, isn't it weird? Our certain thing. It's not just the memories it brings back. It's this just something about certain musical arrangements, certain tunes. And you can't really, it's hard to replicate that shit. Well, but, but also it's beautiful the way Peter carries it because there's a really beautiful introvert sort of, I love the way he presents. I, I just love the way he carries himself, in, in, you know, on stage. It's beautiful the way he does it. It's really sincere and it's, it's touching. It's authentic. It's, yeah. it's authentic. And I love that because he, he's close He's a, it's a mead, intimate and close, and yeah. I, I love that. And, it, and that, that is you can, that that kind of um, intimacy with you know twenty thousand people at a time. It's, it's no easy. joke. It's not easy no. that shit. No, right? that is it, you can do it using various stagecraft tricks and stuff. Yeah, but to actually be able to communicate and they feel like for a short period of time you're in each other's confidence. It's oh yeah, a, yeah. A, a beautiful thing, I think. Yeah. Well, this has been incredible. Um, 
Thanks, Peter. We're going to have some stupid questions now. You know this. Thing. <laughs> um, um, what's your favourite film? Anything with Jack Nicholson in. But right. I really love, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed, uh, I really love Carnage by Roman Polanski. Oh, I don't, I don't think I've seen that one. Is it good? What's it about? Fucking genius. Just four people, four people in a room. Jodie Foster, um, that other great girl from Titanic. Whatever her name is. Oh yeah, I know. Um, a brilliant American actor who's died, and some other American. But it's just four people. So their two sons have had a fight in the schoolyard, and so it starts off as all. It's just it's pure Polanski. It starts off as all. Let's be all like the veneer of civilization and and nicety. Yeah. It starts off, and then it just all just collapses into carnage. Oh, and everyone just gets blitzed and, and vomits. It's just genius. What's and, the, what year was that from? Do you know? I think it's about 2000, 2001. Oh, I've, got sure. to, I've got to watch that. I, love, love oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I know he's a dirty bastard, but uh, he's a great yeah. Well, he's a genius. I mean, but I mean, you know, so like uh, and anything with Jack Nicholson. and uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, favourite TV show, past, present, box set, series? It's got to be Faulty Towers, hasn't it? You're the second one in two days who said that. Larry Fass really? said the same thing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Did he? Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, favourite nice. book? Um, there's so many that's changed my life, but... Um, Probably uh, Journey to the End of the Night, Louis Ferdinand Celine. Or, uh, like, I'm reading a thingy now on Coco Chanel, a biography. Fuck. No, no, a biography, uh, uh, Sleeping with the Enemy. Fucking hell, that woman. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, if you just think, of, well, what a life. What a life. What a difficult life and what a problematic life but what if you think about a woman being at the top of a game beating the men knocking them just knocking them for for six left right and center but still struggling oh honestly i'd um but yeah probably journey to the journey to the end of the night by louis ferdinand Celine. genius wow. he should have got the nobel prize for literature then right he was Love problematic it. though um, favorite other musical artist or composer? Can I say you? Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, but seriously, you you are up there, um, and and um, and obviously, but, but I'm not, I am definitely not worthy. Um, oh, you are worthy. You are honestly. With, with 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 being boiled fascist group thing, but I mean I do I mean Robert Fripp to me, Peter Gabriel, Peter Hamill, it's just it's it's too difficult. And David Bowie for, him, yeah. for me, Black Star. Yeah, amazing. Okay, um, visual artist or conceptual artist. Well, and I've got you to thank for this. This is another reason why you're a major inspiration because you gave me that book, and I must thank you for that. You gave me Picasso's book that has changed my life because it really it's because of yeah, it's because it's your fault that I put uh, my images up on Instagram every day because um that book about Picasso's that it was Picasso's poetry because we yeah. did that. It's amazing, isn't it? Design, oh. uh, yeah. 
everything everything that you can imagine is real that's it that's what you because you did the the thing for the the gallery, uh, gallery. gallery yeah. and um which was amazing your, your, your performance was amazing i didn't get well, to see it, of course because i was all over the fucking place no but what what you did there was amazing and and really you, you know you haven't got you haven't been given the credit for what you do in that way because that is really um um some symbiotic what you do it's really powerful and and it it's it, 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 you should basically you should be the minister for fucking culture yeah you i agree should, completely agree yeah you know I, I just have to tell the podcast listeners what it was because if they don't we i was invited to curate a um uh, 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 an event in the evening at the uh, National Portrait Gallery as part of their Picasso portraits exhibition. So I got a load of uh, artists together, including Pete, and um, uh, and asked them to uh, look at different portraits and be inspired by them and create pieces based around it. We had 3D soundscapes, we had performances, which is what Peter was doing. We had string uh, section performances, we had DJs, we had John Shuttleworth reading uh, his poem, <laughs> reading Picasso's poetry on a big screen, which was fucking hilarious. Uh, and, it, and it was just, there was ballet, there was royal ballet dancer there. And, and, and the inspiration was uh, when Picasso was um, in Montmartre in Paris, he was part of a, an artist commune. And uh, they all kind of uh, worked together and out argued together and dined together and slept with each other's partners. And, and I thought, we can, I'm not suggesting the sleeping together thing was part <laughs> of it. But uh, I think the idea of getting a bunch of artists and chucking them together all on one night yeah, and and letting that those fireworks all go off and at the same time was such a beautiful idea. Actually, I think I'm going to be doing something similar for Royal Institute of British Architects next year. So if you're interested, I'd love to. I'd love to, Mark. Uh, then uh, this time yeah. it'll be a four night event, and uh, inspired by uh, famous buildings in history from around the world and future buildings that not been built yet. Mega. So um, how cool is that? Well, anyway, architecture is yeah. the, the mother of all arts. But basically, because of that po poetry book of Picasso's poetry book that you gave me, uh, which was you know I, I do treasure it, and I just realised reading his poems, I got him, I got him, I saw him doing it, and I saw how he did it, and I thought, fuck, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do exactly that, but with pictures. Yes. So now that's how I do my pictures because I understand. It, it, it honestly something clicked when when you gave me that book, and uh, honestly, it's um. So how man, do you put the pictures online? Every day. Every day. Every day. Brilliant. I'm always telling the my my students, you know, do good work, um, but let it go. You know, I mean, yeah. do uh, be prolific. Not, don't just toss it off, but I mean, you know, be brave enough to let stuff go because you're a different person every day. Yeah. And and I think that's a beautiful thing. I'm I'm I, I'm gonna make it into my screensaver. <laughs> oh, bless you, bless you. No, but it's thanks to you. You're you're the reason oh, why thanks, it happened. It wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you. All right. So we'll say Picasso then, shall we? For that yeah. reason. Definitely um, genius. 
total genius. Yeah, I know absolutely. he's problematic. Everyone I like's problematic. Uh, <laughs> um, what would your alternate career have been if you if you're not being a musician? Do you think? What would my what sorry alternate career? Uh, I, well, now if 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 I was allowed to, I'd probably like to be a neuroscientist. Does that sound weird? Why not? Why not? You know, that's what, um, when Ian Marsh left the band, he went to yeah. study neuroscience. Wow, cool. So there you go. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, unfulfilled ambition. I would have liked to have done a world tour, but I never did. Oh, you would have But, killed. I mean, there's so many unfulfilled. But mm. I, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, caption that by saying it's all okay. Everything's okay. You can't do everything, man. And also, I'm very grateful for my life because I think success brings with it a, a huge price. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said for being, you know, because of technology, technology has given me freedom. Great. I love that. Very positive. Um, song you wish you'd written. That's a tough one, isn't it? You could say favourite song, I suppose. I think Here Comes the Flood. Right. Beautiful. Oh, oh. Oh, it's just... Oh, Where Are We Now? Because I love the honesty in Where Are We Now. Right, right. I love it. Because when he wrote that, he knew he was going. And there is a song, if somebody asked me this question, because we've only recently included this question in the list. Um, if somebody asked me this question, there's a song that I've discovered by Purcell, which I think you'd love, uh, Henry Purcell. Yeah, from, it's from 1640-something, called when I, am uh, when I Am Laid in Earth, oh. uh, from D uh, Dido and Aeneas, the opera. All right. And it's basically, to cut a long story short, the heroine is in love with this uh, kind of general who goes to war and actually just tosses her off because he's more interested in war than, than her. She's a queen, right? And she decides to take her own life. It's a really cheerful way to end this podcast, I have to say. <laughs> she decides to take her own life. But uh, before that, she sings this song to him in absentia, right? Oh. And it's like, when I'm laid in earth, remember me, remember me. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, I love that. Oh, you just got to go and listen to it as soon as you get off this podcast. I'm going it's to. the most beautiful song ever written, I think. Well, that's uh, why I that's why yeah. I love Adagio in Strings. Yes. Because uh, it's yeah, got Barbara. that same vibe. Yeah. It's like it's his last ever tune. Yeah. And then... On that bombshell... <laughs> <laughs> you certainly know how to end a show <laughs> Life's entertainment um, Actually, there's one more question What's your favourite synth? Oh, that's a tough one mm. Because that's like when the Spanish went to the Aztecs and said Look, we've got Jesus And the Aztecs said, well, we've got all these other loads of gods We love them all <laughs> And it's like, no, you can only like the one I'm like, but what about all of these? Well, that's so, t you see, I love the DX7. I know I shouldn't, but I can't oh. help it. I love it. 
And but but that I could also might be a difference you see between us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know it's like um, I love the prophets as well. The prophet five, I actually, yeah. you know, and but I love all the soft stuff because yeah. it yeah, means yeah. it means I can get it really wrong. Freedom, yeah, yeah, and mess it up big yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so like, and I love the synclavier. Oh yeah, I used to love that. I just love it because, like, there's on. Oh, God, this is really there's a there's a um what's a shaker on the synclavier, and it's just fucking mega. I just you know the quality of the sounds on the synclavier. It was the first. Oh God, all the nerds will stop <laughs> following me now. It's either sixteen bit or twenty four bit. Anyway, it's super high res compared yeah. to what was around at the time. Yeah. So naturally, what you're saying makes sense because. For the first time, and think the M Emulator 2, which I bought, came out just after that. Yeah. But for the first time, it had really realistic sounding samples. Yeah. As opposed to the Fairlight, which was good, but it was like just 8-bit, you know, it was just rubbish. Yeah, it, it, it was a different vibe. The Synclavier, yeah. had, the Synclavier had to complete, it was complicated as well. Yeah. It was mega, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah so like uh, it's different to the... Uh, I've forgotten what you said, but I use that as yeah, well. Yeah. The emu too. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, was man. I love that. The character the, the that had you know the cello on that. The, yeah. the, the, the the characteristic that synths have their own personality. I love oh, it. Definitely. And uh, there's an interesting fact, Peter. Um, I've done nearly a hundred of these interviews now, and I think there's only about five or six that have duplicated a synth. Everybody else has picked a different synth. Isn't that incredible? Well, yeah. You would think yeah. most people go on Mini Moog or yeah. you know, rolling yeah. Jupiter 4 yeah. or, or, you know, like whatever. So it's, anyway, just thought I'd mention that. And, and it just backs up your, your uh, concept that synths kind of, you become uh, uh, kind of uh, symbiotically connected to them and, they, totally. and their interface and their capabilities. Totally. You know, yeah. you know, and, and, and delays, delays. I mean, you know, you just really, where would we be without delays? And I'm and, going to buy, I've been looking into buying two or three Watkins copycats because I, I sold all mine in the 80s. I did, yeah. And uh, I, I just fancy doing some Frippertronics, you know what I mean? Oh, yes. Yeah, because they go out of time. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes them mega. Absolutely. And Absolutely. That, that's why, that, and I'm not, sorry, I'll shut the fuck up now, but just, that's what, you know, we're heroes, the, 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 you know, the yeah. way uh, Fripp and Eno was mixed together. The reason why that works is, is because it's wrong. It's wrong, 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 because it, it, it's just them trying stuff, not trying to fit in. And, exactly. and when he's, when Tony uh, Fisconti's mixed it, when he shouldn't have done, Bless him, but he did mix it. He mixed the three things together. It that's what makes it magical, and I, I agree with it. The Frippertonics thing, I've never ever recovered from the first time I ever heard that. Yeah, me neither. No pussyfooting and all that. Yeah, the sound on sound. Yes, I've never ever recovered. And you can never. I mean, there are, you know, tape simulators and feedback simulators, yeah. digital ones, and no, it's never going to sound like a copycat. Yeah. Never. And the first time you hear John Hassel with that huge delay. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. 
you're never coming back from that. You're never coming back. I just remember um, going to see Cabaret Voltaire in Sheffield in like 75 and it was like, it was just the scratchiest, most horrible guitar sound going through a bunch of pedals and then like about four Watkins copycats. And it's like, it's like, fucking hell. I, I could only take about 10 minutes of it, but it did it. It was inspirational, you know, and nag, <laughs> nag, nag and all that. <laughs> I loved them. Well, we did a Channel 4 thing with them and Steve-O, was he their manager? Mm, he, I not as far as I know, maybe. I don't know. Well, not, not, not when I knew them, anyway. Oh, well, he was on it as well with them, Cabaret Voltaire, but I loved them. They were great. They were great. They were boys. Yeah, they're good mates. Well, Richard's gone now, unfortunately, but... Um, yeah, I still I, I still keep in touch with all guys. They're just, they were our mentors, you know, they they inspired us. Yeah. And uh, I always give them... Uh, I always give them kudos, you know. Yeah. Anyway... Totally. That's it. We carry on all day, couldn't we? Uh, when am I going to see you again in the flesh? Well, uh, prob- well, if we make it through this year, hopefully next year. Right. Um, although now I'm going to do some gigs, do some prog gigs in um, July. Right. Where are so, they? Uh, in London and the Half Man, Half Moon, is it? Half Moon. Half Half, half Moon. Yeah. Can you uh, give us a shout and I'll try and come down, say hello. I will do. I will do. It'd be lovely to see you. Yeah. You know, and, um, I, will, I will do. But- you know, and uh, and but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you. It'd be nice. Yeah, you too, man. Nice. And there aren't many of us left. No, no. But thank all God right, you man. All. Have a great day. Okay. I'll you. see you bye. too. All right, bye. bye. Peter Coyle, ladies and gentlemen. What a decent sort. Uh, true. Uh, he thinks like an artist. He performs like an artist. He's got a... I forgot to mention to him that I think his voice is beautiful. Um, he's got a certain fragility, which I really like. Take that all day long over, you know, the perfection and the smoothing out that can be done with contemporary software, etc. I like his work a lot. <laughs> We've got so many emails that we need to catch up on that we decided on a cunning plan. Uh, we're going to read out about a quarter of an hour's worth uh, as a special bonus feature at the end of every episode after the music finishes at the end of the episode. Big shout out to SJM Concerts for continuing to support the podcast uh, sponsor the podcast. Um, they're a great company. They represent a load of uh, great artists in this country and putting on concerts. We all need entertainment nowadays. Thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. How is everyone? Please feel free to email me on electronicallymartin at gmail.com. Any comments that you've got about the podcast so far? I'm trying to keep the quality of our guests as high as possible. Any suggestions from you? Praises, grumbles, uh, for sections, questions for the guests. And uh, please consider signing up to my Patreon page, which helps me support um, the making of these programs and keeping it free and independent for everyone. So that's it for this week. Next week, another great guest. Looking forward to seeing you then. Bye.
This is from Brian Wharton. Some suggestions, Flock of Seagulls, and came across Colour Theory on Spotify, who seemed to update 80s classics and more. Brian, thanks, Brian. Flock of Seagulls, I know those dudes. This is Rick Mamie. Hi, it's Rick Mamie from Brian Jonestown Massacre and the Wild Swans here in Northern California. Big fan of M17. I understand we have a mutual mate, Nort Human. That is one of the best names ever, isn't it? We went to Nort Human's uh, immersive sound studio in San Francisco. Very interesting guy. First, thanks for doing this, makes and thanks for making it so great. I have to tell you, I've done, you've done something really special here. I think you know it. Some of my most favourite artists that have already appeared on your show. Uh, would be great to hear you chat with Bill Nelson, Brian Ferry, Peter Godwin, Zane Griff, Thomas Lertick, Tony Mansfield, again. Yes. Robin Scott is an old friend of mine uh, and has performed with us, actually, with them and with BEF. Um, I'll try and get him on. Paul Simpson, Teardrop Explodes, um, John Campbell and Jarvis Whitehead, it's immaterial. Ivor Davis, Ice House, Paddy McAloon, Sonic Boom, Dr. Robert, Blow Monkeys, Richard Barbieri, would love to do that, and Steve Jansen. Yahiro uh, Takahashi, I'd love that. Yukihiro. Yukihiro. Yeah, Yukihiro, sorry. Stephen Taylor, engineer, producer extraordinaire. Anyway, keep up the great work. Ricky. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks, Ricky. And next uh, is... This is from Martin. Hi, Martin. How about this for a suggestion? One of my loves is graphic design. I was in the business for 22 years, and it's what made me pick up the first Human League single, Being Boiled. The graphics for that were simple but so clever. You did that, didn't I you? I did that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Segment name, Influential British Graphic Designers. Here's a few must-have. Neville Brody, The Face, Arena Magazine. That'd be cool. Jonathan Barnbrook. Done. Tick. Jamie Reid. Well, this is... Jamie uh, Reid, I know, because he designed the interior of uh, Strong Room Studios in London, in Shoreditch, which is where I used to work for like a decade. Um, So I met him loads of times. That would be a good one, actually, Jamie Reid. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Well... Uh, Jonathan Barnbrook, that's over on the Patreon, isn't it? Yeah, Electronically Hours on Patreon. Uh, uh, It's just a suggestion. You can ignore it if you want, and I'll get back to my Sydney Delta Strain Resurgence Blues. That's a good song name. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Martin. Okay. Um, Alex M. Dear Martin, another excellent interview with China Crisis, rather underrated 80s synth acts. I agree, actually. They're kind of gentle, but... Had a surprisingly long what does resonance. What does name mean? China Crisis. I'm not really sure. I think it was mentioned in the interview. It was, I don't know. They just like the sound of it, I think. Yeah, it does ring. Yeah. Um, it goes on to say it's quite long, this, so I'm, uh, I'm kind of praising it. But However, he says, I firmly believe the Italo disco genre was sorely overlooked in the UK. Some good electronic music came from Italo disco acts. I actually heard, um, I wasn't really familiar with it, but I I did live in Venice for 27 years, I've probably mentioned before. Um, I didn't really listen to the radio stations, but uh, they have a festival every year in July called the Red Intori Festival. And um, during that festival... Uh, they have a, a section of the entire night, uh, which is third Saturday in July every year, 
where everybody goes to the Lido to dance if they want to till dawn. And I went down there once, and I was a little worse for wear, I have to say. In fact, it's my middle name, worse for, and <laughs> not anymore. Uh, and uh, I danced to Italo disco all night long, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and then Al- it goes on to talk, sorry, Alphaville. Al talks about Alphaville and uh, uh, modern talking, Alphaville. Men without hats. Uh, the what? What? Men without hats. Men without hats. We've done uh, Ivan Doroschuk. So thank you, Alex. I'm just going to shift in my seat. Oh yes. Don't tell him why, <laughs> please. Uh, Gordon Watson. Dear Martin, I've been a huge fan since first hearing and home taping on my little piano key tape recorder, The Black Hit of Space on the John Peel Show, and immediately going out and buying Travelogue. Um, I only recently discovered your podcast and have been joyful binge listening your unmissable conversations with so many icons of the best period, 1978 to 83. I agree. Uh, It's subjective. Uh, For creative electronic music making ever since, a massively stimulating diversion. Hailing from Glasgow, I love so many great Scottish electronic bands in that period. Uh, if I were to pick a Billy McKenzie, yeah, old friend, can't interview him unfortunately, but um, oh, I could get a Ouija board, I suppose. <laughs> um, more about the associates, Alan Rankin, we've done yeah, we've him. done Thomas Lear, we've done Jim Kerr. Uh, I love Jim. I've asked and uh, via his management, and he said he didn't want to do it. So Claudia Brooker, an old friend. Paul Haig, yes. Uh, yeah, I could do that. I know you like his awesome work, don't you? Scottish band, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, or someone from Postcard, Seven Inch, that label. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah, Postcard, yeah. Um, Richard Johnson. Uh, Jobson, yeah, he's an old, Jobson, old friend. We, we were on the same label together in the early 80s. That'd be quite good, actually. Um, I'll put it on the list. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you. Shay Kurniel. Hi, Martin. Really enjoyed your Dave Ball episode. Came there through the Soft Cell newsletter. Pleasantly surprised to find 40 fascinating episodes. Well, there's how many now? 73. 73. I like the artist talking to an artist approach. It gives it so much more depth. Thank you. Finally. Um, <laughs> that I, I, I find it very odd that people what, don't get don't what, like what we're trying to do or well, don't like it even. You're always going to... Yeah, not everyone's going to like it. I think it's probably when uh, I suspect that when people are binging, if I'm say I'm talking, I don't know on average say thirty percent of the mm. time, that if they say binging ten episodes at a time, no, they probably get much. fed up with hearing my voice. So I was comparing, I was listening to the Adam Buxton podcast, and I was trying to take note of how much yeah. he spoke and I think it's comparable yeah it's a, it's that kind of ramble chat format yeah. that he he didn't invent but I mean he, he made it made, he, he made it popular anyway thank you Shay thanks Shay uh, Patrick Lusk good name good name hi Martin it would be great to have a music and chat version of EY every fourth or fifth episode so instead of just chat some new music is played that'd be cool for example, how about a country-specific show? Yeah, <laughs> start off in Ireland. Start off in Ireland, 
and features some of the synth electronic artists from here, including Eden, Circuit 3, Empire State Human, and Home Time, to name just four. It could really give a boost to upcoming bands, not every week, but one a month, perhaps. That would be cool. Yes. um, I've considered this, and I think it still think it'd be a good idea to have a dedicated episode to new to new bands, electronic bands. Um, I don't want to play music on the show, and the reason for that is uh, because there are uh, copyright issues, and I just don't feel it as a kind. I don't want it to be like a radio show where, you know, where, where I think it's much much a better use of everyone's time if we talk about it and then if you want to do some uh, research into the um into the bands that we mentioned just go and listen to them on spotify i don't need to play them on the show you know yeah or or there or people's sound clouds or whatever so you should get um enya on yeah okay that'd be cool <laughs> that's very he mentions parallax Oh yeah, Parallax. Who? Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, and Circuit Sorry. Three. Who kind of? Um, I don't Pete, know these guys. Circuit Three. Uh, Peter Fitzpatrick kind of lent me his Jupiter Four for the tra- oh, cool. travelogue and reproduction shows. Oh. Uh, anyway. <laughs> 